Hi, this is Stephanie Nadalny, OG voice actor for Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and vocalist. And you're listening to the FSF Popcast. The show that makes Fozzie's waka 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 jokes seem a whole lot gooder. Our show is brought to you by our charity sponsor, the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which supports the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation that helps out sick kids when they need it most. And just imagine the comfort you'll give Redshirt Crewman 1993. He'll know that when he puts on the red shirt and joins the crew of the Enterprise in their struggle against Frieza, that he didn't leave his family destitute and without hope because the Redshirt Widows and Orphans Fund has his back and what's left of Gohan's arm. All right, guys, welcome to the FSF Podcast. Uh, today, we're very excited to have a special guest in, in, getting ready to come on the screen and talk to us. But we also have an amazing guest host today. I'm very excited to welcome Jason, our good friend from the Three Geeks podcast. He's sitting in with us today, and he's going to help us interview a voice actor who has voiced several variations of Kid Gohan, Kid Goku, and the Dragon Ball universe. Uh, but that's not the only thing that she does. She is an amazing singer. She has many other voice acting credits. And her IMDb resume is filled to the brim with anime and on-camera credits and all a whole bunch of fun stuff that you guys can go check out. So we are so very excited and pleased as punch, you might say, to welcome Stephanie Nadolny to the FSF Podcast. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Hi, guys. Happy to welcome. be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to have you. And welcome, Jay. This is uh, for as many times as you've been a guest on on our live show. This is the first time you've been a, a co-host with us. So this will be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I've had you on for a few interviews. So we, we've done this before, just not on this side. I think. Yeah, just, just in a little bit different variation. So it's been, yeah, we'll make it work. We'll stumble through. We'll get it done. Yeah. All right, Stephanie. We, Jason and I both are very excited about meeting you in person at the Monroe Pop Fest in Monroe, Michigan on September 15th and 16th. Uh, we're also looking forward to talking with you on a, doing a voice panel with uh, another voice actor, Danny Jacobs, who's the voice of King Julian from Madagascar movies and TV shows. Oh, wonderful. Uh, yeah, so that should, be, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, clearly, though, you are no stranger to the convention circuit. You do a lot of conventions and you do a lot of really cool stuff with your fans and followers uh, when they come to uh, to the conventions and, and the expos. And I, I've been watching some other interviews that you've done and and some of the stuff that you, stuff and you know, interactions you've had with fans at the shows. And I was like, man, that's really cool. She, it appears that you really have a lot of fun in doing those. But yeah. I always wonder when it comes to those, what it can't always be easy. So what is something you you have come to love about do, working at the fan shows and expos over the years? Um, you know, I, I'm a, I love people uh, anyway. So put me in front of people and around people, whether I'm at a convention or at the grocery store, I'm going to be open to chatting with anyone. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, mostly lived and from the South um, where it's super friendly. Y'all come back, you know, and it's just, <laughs> Grew up in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and Houston, and um, all over Texas, parts of uh, Oklahoma and Kansas, and but mostly in in Texas, really. So I am, I guess, I guess I'm a Texan by just because I've been here for so long. You know, um, over thirty years of my life, um, well over half of my life has been in Texas. So um, yeah, I mean, it's it's easy for me because I genuinely love people and. Um, I, I'm always interested in what the fans have to say, uh, meeting their fa their families, they bring their kids. I love seeing the cosplay, interactions, hearing about what they love most about the show. Um, I'm absolutely 100% about giving them a 
100% of my attention. Um, I like to uh, hear hear their their stories of growing up. A lot of people say, hey, you're the you're one of the voices of my childhood. And and I'm like, did I do a good job? Was I a good babysitter? <laughs> um, and I just genuinely um, appreciate their support. Um, you know, even if they just come to the table to talk, that's totally welcomed. I'm not a wham, bam, you know, hand me your money for an autograph. I'm not, that's just not how I do yeah. things. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a bonus when they do, you know, purchase an autograph or if they bring items, that's another fun part is they bring amazing, uh, items for me to sign some of these things I've never seen before, you know, whether it be like something they got as a kid and it's now something that's worth a lot of money, or it could be something that they got online or, or on eBay or some things from Japan, or they might have a really cool shirt or, uh, a neat poster or, you know, it's, it's really fun to see what these items are and some have multiple signatures you know from people from all over whether it be the Funimation dub or the OG Ocean dub so I get to see all of the different signatures and some of the people that I've met over the years whether it be through work or other you know the convention circuit so I generally enjoy it um it's it's not work to me at all um it's it's great that I can participate in something that I love so much and find a way to make a living at it and you know it becomes a livelihood so, I've been doing excellent. the con thing for quite a while. I got to ask, have you had any fans give you stuff like artwork or designs? Um, I have uh, gotten some gifts here and there, and I've gotten ideas for things that I like to purchase myself, whether it be um, my my favorite thing right now is my Super Saiyan Gohan kimono that I got on my birthday in Colorado. Um this past May. Um, that's one of my favorite things because I can just wear it, throw it on for pictures and just have a lot of, it's, it's kind of like a prop. And um, every once in a while I do get some original artwork. Um, uh, a lot of times, you know, when they give me a gift and like, hey, let me, if you want to sign, I'll sign that, you know, no charge. And then we just kind of do like a little fun little trade and it makes them happy. And um, if if I really like the artwork and I'm looking for for new artwork for my table, I, I'll, you know, consider working out a deal where I can get uh, get their um, artwork printed, um, get the high resolution and print it out and have it featured on my table. I like to kind of freshen up my table uh, merchandise uh, occasionally just to kind of keep it keep it interesting and different and, you know, have have options that, you know, pick and pick from. So, so some Goku and on one side and some Gohan in different forms. And um, sometimes I I bring some unique merchandise that I choose myself or sometimes I'll have some cool t-shirts and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I like, I just like seeing what they've got. You know, some of this stuff is really, really cool. Um, and it's like, Oh, I've never seen that before. And just, I've signed interesting things. And sometimes I'll sign the back of, you know, Goku's head in silver, or I'll sign the, the, the backside or the, the Bobo, uh, you know, of, go, of a, of a figure, if they want it signed on the back of a figure, well, there you have it, you know? So it's just fun. It's, it's, it's something different every time I meet different people from all over. Um, some people travel from far distances to come, you know, hang out. Um, it's an honor. It's, it's a treat. That's awesome. So I, I I watch a lot of movies and television. And my this question I ask on Three Geeks podcast all the time, mainly because I'm looking for recommendations. But uh, what was the movie or TV show that made you say this is what I want to do? Was oh, there? Pardon me. You mean like as my career? Yeah, like something that the movie or TV show that inspired you. Like I really oh, want to do this. Uh, well, I kind of knew 
the farthest back memories of being a child, I knew I wanted to be a singer. I, I heard Donna Summer sing and I listened to a lot of disco records growing up as a very, very young child. And my first memories include uh, those of the music that my father, my mother and father listened to. We um, we had a nice, uh, this one thing we always had is we had a, 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 a really good stereo because uh, my parents were really into good music. And as a result, I was exposed to a lot of really amazing music. So for me, it was singing first and then the voice acting came later. Um, I, I, I already was starting to use my voice to mimic and, you know, kind of tease my brother and my stepbrothers and my friends. So I was, you know, um, once I started getting into cartoons, um, I would have to say, um, I guess Looney Tunes. I mean, I listened to, I watched Looney Tunes in the morning. So as a young child, so I guess it would be Mel Blanc. But I mean, I didn't necessarily say, think in my head, oh, I want to do that. Because as a kid, I didn't really think of that as a profession. You know, I didn't really understand. I mean, I was just more into like using my voice and singing. So then I got into musical theater. And from there, I continue to use my voice to mimic and to make my own shows. I would, I would, I would make my toys talk to each other. Like my Barbies would have different voices. Um, when I would read my own stories at night, I would read them sometimes out loud in different character voices. So I, I was very creative and imaginative and literally could just be left alone for hours and entertain myself, even as, a, even as an infant, as a baby. So um, that, that's what I found to be uh, entertaining. And then once I got my hands on a way to record myself and record my, whether it be piano or me singing or me writing a song or being silly, uh, cassette, cassette player was kind of my best friend for a while. I would carry that thing everywhere and I would have extra blank tapes and batteries for it so that it would always have power. And then there was the Sony Walkman and I could listen to the things I'd recorded. And I just be became really creative with, um, making up my own uh, shows with different characters, whether I be the one interviewing or the one responding. And so I got really creative with that. And then from there, it was musical theater and dance and um, ballet, tap. Uh, I got involved in community theater and then anything involving performance and entertaining entertaining others became my, you know, my favorite thing to do. So I, I did anything and everything I could but we moved every couple of years. So I was constantly being uprooted and, and kind of the new girl in the new, you know, in the small towns, which was a big challenge <laughs> for anybody, no matter what you, you like to do. And so um, that was just what I always gravitated towards. And to this day, I'm, I'm just fascinated by anything involving the voice, whether it be mimicking um, stand-up comedy, you know, improv, and you know, all those things involve the voice. Um, but my first love has always been, and to this day is, is, singing music and music performance and vocal performance mainly Do you find the skills translate like with music you got to hit a note and with voice acting you got to find the voice do they does being good at one help with the other for me it has um for me it just kind of makes sense it's kind of like using the voice but then using it in a different way um becoming a character and and using the act honing the acting skills through the musical theater and through the acting uh, in fact, I went to college for acting, um, but joined a show band and was on on the road with a touring show band that involved everything. It was singing, dancing, acting, costume changes, makeup, uh, costume design, everything. So um, for me, the set, having a sense of rhythm and timing as a singer and as a musician, taking piano lessons and things like that, it helped me with the English dubbing because you, we were matching lip flaps. We were timing out what we were, the dialogue mm -hmm. and the the reactions whether you're on screen or not you know it was really helpful for me to have that background with um with music 
and um, the theory and all the things that kind of support being a vocalist um, and, 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 and also being able to have such a comfort with my voice and what it's capable of. Um, that way I can basically make my voice sound different and unique. Um, sure. And I, I mean, I, I was doing that already for fun with my friends and prank calling them and experimenting with all kinds of different voices and then mimicking the, you know, what I hear on TV, Beavis and Butthead or whatever. It's like, it's for me, it's a challenge every day. And even if I'm just walking around the house, talking to my dog or, or, you know, hanging out, you know, with my guy, you know, it's like, I do it for fun and I'm silly like that. So every time I do it, it's more practice. So I started as a kid. And little did I know over time that it really contributed contributed more to my career, my overall vocal career, than I ever thought it could. So for me, music and and voice acting, it's 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 just another extension of using the voice and manipulating it and creating characters and sounds based on just simply using my voice. It's interesting to me when we with a number of voice actors we've talked to uh, on the FSF podcast how many have actually uh, commented something similar to what you just said, you know, whether it's been, uh, you know, we talked with Rob Paulson, he grew up in bands into the Detroit area and doing all these different things, uh, different uh, other voice actors. They weren't in bands, but they were singers. They went, they did musical theater, all these yeah. different things. And they all stressed the importance. And you mentioned it, the timing of music and how that went from one thing to the other. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I, I have always find that interesting how that's a common thread with almost every voice actor we talk to has right. some some level of musical background somewhere. Um, I met Rob Paulson years ago, uh, probably about five years ago, I ended up at the same convention in California. We had a really good time. And I do remember him talking about his history with music and things like that. So, yeah, Rob's yeah, a trip. It just helps. It just it, it basically helps train you to be uh, just more efficient and not just good at what you do because you can create these different sounds and different characters that are unique to each character but you can also work with that timing and 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 for me personally once i started doing the the work that you know showing up for work and doing this english you know dub for uh dragon ball z which was the first anime character i was cast in cast in um it just came it natural. Just came and and once I started learning the, the groove of taking direction and incorporating that part of it, of course, we were using paper scripts and, you know, rewinding <laughs> that sorting back then and use, and, you know, headphones and, and there was not really much computer use back then. I mean, there mm -hmm. was on the ADR end of things and the engineering, but um, I just, and with me being good with memorization, that helped me too. Like I'm being a singer, songwriter, performer, you know, I had to have all of my songs memorized. And by having that the capability at a young age of memorization, um, that's how I learned uh, the preamble or whatever, when we had to learn, you know, um, in school, the capitals of all the states, I, I would make songs out of them. I would write songs and sing them. In oh, my yeah. And so that, that capability of being able to memorize the script, mm -hmm. like a line or two within seconds, um, was also helpful to have that ability. Then you could really focus on the acting and really making sure that you're uh, you're doing a good job with the character, staying in character, and really delivering those lines and making it believable. I, I do have one more question for you about music, though. Uh, and I found this uh, on a, I don't remember what website it was on, but it was a bio about you that talked about your musical background and all the different things that you had done in your life. 
And it said the following. It said that you performed from between anywhere between the Superdome to the Super Bowl from the Waldorf Astoria to the White House. Right. Now, I, I have to imagine that performing at a Super Bowl and performing at the White House both have their own different levels of, of uh, uh, nerves. Let's go with nerves. Yeah. So the yeah. different level of nerves that are produced. So what Super Bowl did you perform at and who was the president at the White House? Oh, yeah, this was back in the 90s, um, early to mid 90s. So um, at the at the White House, it was President Clinton was okay. president. We, we performed my ba the band I was performing with Vince Vance and the Valiants featuring the vivacious fixings of rock and roll Venus Violet and Victoria. Um, we uh, there were three girl singers and uh, it was kind of like a band that was like the B-52s meets Shauna Na. And we had our lead singer with his hair sticking straight up, big giant pompadour. Um, Vince Vance and the Valiants, you know, originated 52 years ago in 71. I joined in 91 and we traveled all over the place and we did anything from corporate parties to special events, um, festivals, clubs, nightclubs. We did a lot of nightclubs, um, um, weddings, mostly corporate events, um, all over the United States and parts that we did parts of Canada and Europe, but, um, the white house event was the Easter egg roll. And, um, so I, I vividly remember, um, performing there and we we were also um sharing the stage with some some famous people like we had raven simone and um marcia from the uh brady bunch the original maureen McCormick. oh nice yeah so um now we personally marcia. didn't meet the president we didn't get to go inside but mm -hmm. we were on the lawn and our boss vince vance um did manage to get to meet them and he has a, a picture with you know president clinton hillary and and uh, bill clinton and oh, so cool. It was a pretty cool experience. And then, of course, getting to roam around and, and sightsee that entire area was cool. And the Waldorf Astoria, of course, New York City. I mean, that was like one of the most prestigious gigs we ever did. And oh, sure. uh, it was just fascinating. I mean, being in front of that kind of an audience and some of our audiences were ginormous. I mean, thousands and thousands of people. Um, Freiburg, Maine, we did the Freiburg uh, State Fair. And um, wow, I mean, you're just... It, it, and it's always different. You know, we were traveling a lot, sleeping on the, we were, we were really road, we were road warriors. I mean, we were sometimes not even getting a shower that day or we couldn't check into our hotel. There wasn't time from setup to sound check to getting prepped for the show, learning new material, rehearsing, and then actually performing. And then there's the teardown and then you put your costumes away and then you have to pack everything up. So it was, it was really, truly, generally road warrior touring. I mean, big giant. Sounds show. like it entourage um we but most of the time we were on a tour bus which was very helpful because then we could just drive everywhere but we were on the road a lot of the time and we were away from home but um a lot of us were young then we were in our 20s and 30s you know we could handle it we um it was our dream and our passion and, and for the love of the performance and being on stage uh it always outweighed the bus breaking down or, you know, or, you know, not getting your luggage or, you know, there was all kinds of stuff, you know, you might not know if you're going to eat, when you're going to eat, what you're going to eat. Uh, if you're sick, you're sick, you sing through it, you figure it out, the show must go on, you know, but when you love it and it's in your, it's in your blood, you know, all these, a lot of these people I worked with, it was in their blood. I mean, Vince Vance was a, he will, he will die doing what he does. Like, and if that means on stage, well then so be it. And I could totally relate to that. You kind of have to be cut from a different, a different clay because you know traveling and being away all the time isn't for everybody living out of a sure. suitcase or being away yeah. from family or whatever it is you have at home um and then others really love it i mean there's the 
the I was I almost went away on a on a cruise ship uh, to do to do what I was doing, but um, I just preferred you know sticking with my show band, and then eventually got off the road for a while and performed with some local groups. Um, we had a show band called the High Rollers. Uh, we were the the um, senior breakfast band for the Windsor World Casino. So um, we were kind of handpicked, all of us from the industry. We worked with the, some of the best musicians in the entire state, if not beyond that. Um, Four-part harmonies, we rehearsed every week. Uh, my band leader, Dan Bradford, is still um, in my life. He's my bass player. He, we've known each other and worked together on and off the stage now for 20 years. So... Um, I'm just very honored that I've been able to work with such amazing people that have such amazing talent that I can just pretty much handpick. If I wanted to record something, I've got the band, I've got the bass player, I've got the drummer, I've got these people in my back pocket. So whenever it's That's time cool. to go to the studio or come up with something creative, um, I've made, you know, long-term relationships with some of the most talented people out there. And it's just been, it's just been an honor. Uh, I miss it a lot and I'm not, I'm definitely, definitely not done with any of it. I'm, I'm going to be working in the studio again, hopefully very soon and hopefully getting some of my music up on Spotify um, in the coming month or two. So excellent. Uh, yeah. Please let us know when it's up, but I, I got to ask you, I was searching your IMDb. IMDb is one of my favorite pages of all time. And this is probably a much smaller blip on your radar because everything that you've done has been so huge, but um, I got to ask, I know it was just an uncredited role, but what was the experience like on set for Titanic? You know, I don't know what that is all about <laughs> because I think that's an accuracy. That's an inaccuracy. I was not on the t on the set of Titanic. I'm not sure if they just got me confused with someone or if maybe somebody just was confused. Uh, so as much as I would like to say that that's a, an accurate credit, it's not. But then there's a lot of things that aren't on my MDB. So I'm not sure how they compile that information, but uh, that one's not correct. I wish it was. You know, it, uh, the number of times actually where this has happened, where we've we've been interviewing somebody, and so we've started calling on our show. We call IMDb the wiki of of the entertainment world uh, because yeah. it's only as accurate as the person who inputs the information. So right. uh, yeah, we've had it a couple different times where we're like, yeah, well, we're so wanna so excited, want to talk to you about this yeah. thing. It's gonna be so awesome. Like, Let's talk about that thing. And they're like, yeah, that wasn't me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Poop. <laughs> and a lot of my my other stuff, the animation themes that I did for you, you know, Yu Yu Hakusho, Sayonara, Bye Bye, the opening, closing for Kitty Great. I, I had a big, huge hand in um, the music part of those animation themes. I worked with Brave Combo and Carl Finch was my um, my director for for that. And, and that was also through Funimation. So uh, for whatever reason, when I did, you know, six or seven of those uh, sang on these animation themes and helped. Um, create English lyrics out of Japanese ones. And none of that was credited either. Now, I don't know if that's something that would be on IMDb anyway, but it should be. I mean, whether you're working in the musical department or I mean, they yeah. have. So if you're, in a, you know, helping behind the scenes, there's even people who have IMDb pages for for behind the scenes yeah. stuff as and they as they should be. They should be acknowledged for the work that they're doing. Um, right. But yeah. yeah, so there you can get, you know, at some point but i know there's a lot of that stuff on youtube <laughs> but for whatever reason the singer for a lot of these animation themes whether it's me or somebody else a lot of times they they don't list the the vocalist so it's a little bit hard to find some of that but i do have some of it uh uploaded to my um to my website so they can be listened to there um but as far as my album and some other stuff i worked on in the 90s i um it kind of got shelved and it, nothing ever came of it but some really amazing original music that um the fans are asking about so let's get it out there see what they think 
have a listen. Very cool. Yeah. All right, Stephanie, one of the things that we love to talk with our guests about is their charitable work. Now, we mentioned this in the beginning of the show in the introduction. We talked about the Red Shirt Widows and Orphans Fund, which we talk about, you know, kind of tongue in cheek and, and, and as something silly. But it's also a very serious thing. We we do sell this merch, guys, you know, link in bio. Uh, but we do sell this merch uh, so that we can help support the Wish Upon a Teen Foundation, which uh, has a very special place in my heart because they helped out my daughter during her 97 day hospital stay. And they're, they're just amazing people. Uh, it's run by a wonderful woman named Nancy Sovereign uh, out of the Detroit, Michigan area. And they just do some amazing stuff for, for sick kids when they're stuck in hospitals for a, a long time. So I always like to talk about the charity work that our guests have done. And you have, and I love the fact that you do in fact use your platform and use your voice or voices, as it may be, uh, to help out those in need. Um, in addition to Breast Cancer Can Stick It, which I absolutely love that because it was a, a play on words with the, uh, your friend April being, uh, being a drummer. Yeah. Uh, you've also worked on anti-bullying campaigns as well as working with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So right. what does it mean to you, Stephanie, to be able to use your position, your platform to be able to help these, these types of situations out? Well, it's a huge part of my heart and my, uh, it's a huge passion of mine. Um, uh, not to get sad. It's a little sad. We all lose people we love. Um, but right as, right. Um, as the, the year that I was cast as Gohan, not knowing anything about anime, it was a very early 1999. Uh, we started recording that year. I guess I auditioned in 98 and then we started recording in January of 99. Well, that year was it, right when I got cast was when we found out my mother had been diagnosed with an aggressive form of leukemia due to toxic exposure from a paint plant near where we lived in Kansas when I was there in high school, during my high school years. Um, she fought it like, like just with grace and um, she wasn't ready to, you know, none of us are ready to check out, especially not at the age of 50. Um, but she um, unfortunately got a, 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 she got a, she was doing really well. She had a, a bone marrow transplant from her sister, which saved her life and then um, had complications and then therefore no immune system. And once you have no immune system, you're susceptible to any kind of illness or any mm -hmm. kind of, and it ended up taking her life. Um, and it was just, completely out of nowhere she was the matriarch of our entire family she was the glue the structure everything she was my fortress my my absolute only source at that time anyway and uh really no one's like your mom you know no one's like your flesh and blood the one that brings you into the world is is you know she was my uh, unconditional love and fortress and so um i have a huge big giant heart for uh fighting you know the war and crusade against fighting cancer and cancer research. And my mom was a big supporter of that, which is really ironic because it ended up taking her life. Um, and also my best friend, technical director basis also uh, was diagnosed with um, lymphoma, which is another blood cancer in mm -hmm. 2012, I believe, and was able to catch it early and survive. So blood cancers in, in particular, being that I've had two of my most important people in my life sure. be affected by that and one lost her life. So, um, I mean, I've been donating to LL, LLS, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society since all of this happened. So on the regular, you know, if I've got stuff to donate, it goes there. If I can get it to them, that's um, my favorite 
charity as well as breast cancer can stick it. It's cancer in general is a horrible thing. Um, so those are my favorites. And then um, again, another one I'm I'm very active with is any kind of an anti-bullying campaign, being that um, as a kid growing, around, growing up, being ripped from school to school at various mm-hmm. times, never in the summer, never at a convenient time, never at a good time. Uh, I, I want to count, I think I moved somewhere between eight and nine times before the age of 16. Um, these were unfortunately small schools, small towns. Um, and with me being a creative type, you know, Hey, uh, I guess you call it a triple threat, you know, singer, dancer, actor. Um, I was not very well received at some of these places being that, um, no, no. Yeah. I mean, my peers were just like, who is this person walking in here? Like she's some big, you know, show person and it's just what i did when i loved i mean i mean ever since i was a little kid i was on the merry-go-round putting on concerts i mean it's just what it was just what i did <laughs> that was just my life right so as a result there was a lot of bullying there was a lot of making you know making fun of and i think we all have situations with that i think that when you move though and you're constantly being thrown into these situations where you don't want to move you make your friends and you think you're going to be there at least to graduate with right and that just didn't happen so um uh, and even adult police, you know, I mean, there's a lot of them in my industry. I mean, and, and lots of industries. You've got your people that want to see you fail and they want to come after you. And when they hear bad things are happening in your life, they celebrate it. And it's just like, it's just a whole nother dimension of bullying, you know, and you think that that stops when you get older. And I've just been finding that it just simply does not. And you just can't trust everybody, you know. Um, so I'm very passionate about um, fighting anti-bullying, um, anti-racism. Um, there's a, a charity I'm involved with called Pink Thursdays. You wear pink on Thursdays. And then this group uh, goes out and interviews people who um stands with them to support the cause. Um, so that's another one I'm involved with, as well as um, being a speaker at schools. Um, I know there's lots of schools that have asked me asked me to come and chat with the um, people wanting to go into creative arts, uh, whether it be writing, painting, uh, voice acting, singing, theater. Um, I'm, I'm asked on the regular to do that. And, you know, I don't ask for compensation. If I, I just make it happen, I just figure it out. You know, between my, my, my travel, we make it happen and it's a big deal for them. It's a big deal for me and everybody's happy. And if I can provide some encouragement and, um, wisdom, um, and just support for those causes, then I absolutely do it. In fact, I have a big, big heart for kids that have been through a lot of struggles, whether it be addiction or mental health, or maybe their Mm -hmm. parents are in jail, or they've been surrounded by these um, unforeseen circumstances that become difficult challenges for them. Um, I, that's a big deal for me being that I was ripped from school to school. And I just kind of felt like some of that angst, you know, a divorce when I, my parents divorced when I was six and all of a sudden I'm out of state and I'm all world. So just a whirlwind. And it's very hard to grow up anyway. And then you get your middle school age and you don't, you don't know who you are and where you fit in, if you fit in, if you don't fit in. And so um, I'm just passionate about helping kids. I love kids, young kids, um, you know, especially if they've gone through challenges like that and, if they want to get into the the line of work that I'm in, well, then let me let me help. If I can help, I help. And I'm in the process of working with um, a senator, or maybe he's not a senator. He's a he's involved in the Pennsylvania. Um, he's involved with something with the House of Representatives there, and and we're going to try to set up a campaign where I can come and talk to kids and maybe be a a speaker, you know, like a mm-hmm. speaker kind of thing, and just that's yeah, cool help, help people out. It's, it's hard to grow up and it's especially when you're you just don't feel like you 
know who you are. And that's why I think I also really like these Comic-Cons because a lot of the, the attendees are misfits and they're geeks and dweebs. And I think we all are like nerds inside. It just depends on what we are nerdy about. So mm -hmm. I'm a big person about embracing people who are misfits because I'm a misfit, you know, whether you, whether you guys know it or not. I mean, I, I, I don't really fit into really anything. I'm just kind of, and then being, but being, you know, moved around a lot, I think I can kind of, you can kind of put me anywhere and I'm going to find a way to navigate a conversation with about anybody. Yeah. Any yeah, you become a chameleon. Yeah. Really. And, and that's been a great thing for me to get me through my hard times and my struggles with losing my mom and, and, and not being able to have kids and all these things I thought I was going to have. And then just, you know, a lot of broken dreams and, you know, just to pick myself up and figure it out, um, take the time you need to get better or seek help. And then you just come back stronger than ever. So it's like, I'm kind of in a comeback stage right now. Everybody Love likes it. a big comeback, you know, a really comeback good stories are great. heartwarming comeback. And so through my, my platform of being Gohan, who went through a lot of struggles that I did in my real life. And when it was come, came time to do those scenes, like in the cell saga, I had really lost my mother in really in real life and, and Gohan had lost his father. So there was the father son Kameo wave, you know, father, not Kameo wave, but Kameo, you know, big cell saga moment with um, Gohan really trying to come to a point where he finally unleashes all this, these struggles and, and angst from all of these horrible things that were happening around, happening around him. I really felt like I had real life to draw from, to really make those some really good scenes and some really good acting involved. That's awesome. Yeah. If I, you know, if you can draw from your own personal experiences, I think that adds a, a sense of realism to whatever you're doing, whether it's on camera acting, it's voice acting, yeah. it allows you to be able to tie into the character. And as, as a viewer, it helps, it helps me to, to have a sense of tie to the character because, you know, if, if I can sense that there's something, you know, now, and now knowing that about you, it'll help me look at your characters a little bit differently too, because now see, as a kid, you, you, there's no way for you to know this, but you know, we moved, I went to like 15 different school districts. Uh, I was moving all the time uh, as a kid. And so you, yeah, I didn't have a, I think a, a steady school till almost eighth grade. We were yeah. bouncing around all the time, every couple of years, yeah. uh, you know, and especially with my mother, my natural father, there was a whole lot of angst and issues there uh, with right. him. But uh, you know, so yeah, so a lot of what you were talking about there, I was like, oh yeah, I, I, I that I identify with that. Yeah, that makes sense. And then now you yeah. know, talking about the comeback with with the characters as well, and and how that was that revival. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it just means you never know what you know the things that you were able to put into your characters. I think that that's kind of an important lesson there is that you know for all mm -hmm. of us when you know we're able to use the things that we go through in life to, right. to make something better. And then yeah. there's a emotional connection. And if you're so lucky to get cast in a role that has so much depth and um, detailed character description, like, like, and for, and for it to be an emotional thing, um, you know, of course you've, you've got, you've got your deeply emotional character with through Gohan through the cell saga. And then you've got Goku in Dragon Ball, which is this carefree strong kid that's with this immense strength that doesn't even understand or know what that is all about he just is who he is he's pure of heart and, and he's naturally comedic and so I've got that other side of me that's completely totally insanely silly that absolutely embraced that side of like 
becoming a little boy who I could never really be in real life, but channeling a lot of that really silly, innocent nature of being a child in general. And so um, I had that whole flip side of, of, and they were completely different roles and I enjoyed them both for different reasons. But um, the Gohan one more that um, it was, there's just a multi-layered depth of, of who he was and what he saw around him and so much chaos and uh, him being fiercely loyal to his friends and his loved mm-hmm. ones. And then you've got Gohan you just plop him down there and he's like wow you must not be pure of heart you fell through the, the, the nimbus cloud oh well no big deal like not a mean bone in his body totally can get away with you know patting people on the crotch to figure out if they're a girl or a boy it's like come on you know oh sometimes it's hard to tell you are a boy <laughs> just thought i'd check you know it's just who gets away with that you know an innocent young boy goku does you know so oh, that's funny it's yeah. fun to play completely different characters that were related goku is gohan's father so the fact that they sound similar was a good thing and um thankfully the directors trusted me with those um with those different characters it's not like i just got cast as one i was able to kind of use my voice and of course at the time we had a small gene pool of talent lots of talent in dallas fort worth it was a smaller company so a lot of us were playing multiple roles um yeah especially the the background characters the smaller you know the german german english teacher i think please open your textbooks to the page 24 i had to come up with that one time and that worked east kai was a total accident i was in the the studio recording and got done early and the director said you know i think we know where we're going with this character can you can you give us your take what do you think this character would sound like and i was like oh my well it's come with sound like <laughs> and it was completely just for fun, silly, insane, melodramatic interpretation of what she would sound like. And I got Cassidy's Kai just like that. Like, who would have known? She's only in, what, six or seven episodes. But but what a fun treat to be able to to play a, just a complete whack, wacky woman character as East Kai. Right. And Baby Trunks is just a bunch of crying. You know, every time Baby Trunks came on the screen, time to do a little, ba- little baby voices. So it's been fun. And I have a lot, of, a lot more uh, voices. I say voices in my head, but... There's a lot of voices, more voices in my arsenal that I'd like to to utilize at some point whenever the the time fits, the project's right, the timing's right, the director likes my voice for it. Let's do it. There you go. Yeah. I have voices in my head too. I just choose not to answer them on most days. You respond to them? (laughs) Only if I'm looking for expert opinions on things, but yeah. Right. (laughs) So yeah. Excellent. Very cool. Well, and we're going to have links down in the notes uh, down below for um, uh, uh, each of those uh, that you mentioned, so that if anybody wants to find out more information about LLS or the anti-bullying or uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the other one, the uh, breast beat breast cancer with a stick. Uh, yeah, and I and I'm also I'm I'm pretty approachable. I mean, I, I'm pretty easy to find uh, through my website. I have a, you know my my fan club email, and if people need uh, donate donations, um, I I do that on the regular. Just sign items. I've got my own prints I can donate, um, or I can just you know just reach out to me and ask ask me what you need. And um, I also do that on the spot at conventions if they need some extra autographs or some things for some giveaways or some things oh, that's that cool. increase awareness for uh, silent auctions and things like that where people can donate. And, and I donate uh, signed items all the time uh, on the regular. So that's another way that I can give back. And I absolutely love it. That's great. Here you go. Good luck with that. And how can I help? You know, we that's very give- cool. It's only it's really heartwarming and rewarding to do that as well. Well, I got a, one last question for you. And it's um, 
what do you prefer doing? Do you, I mean, is there any difference between video game voice acting and doing like the shows and stuff? Um, the methods of recording are different. Um, in my experience, because most of my work has invo been involved with Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball, and Dragon Ball GT, uh, instead of, I mean, there's still a script, and then you go through and you just do your own lines. You're not in a room with anyone else. Um, and that's why some of us don't really see each other much. Or we, back in the day, we would only see each other. We had like a cast party. Um, back when the company was a lot smaller um, or or when one session was ending and one was beginning, we'd see each other in the hallway like, hey, what's up? You know, um, and then now I see my castmates at the, you know, at if we appear together at events or signings or comic book stores and things like that. Um, but for me, um, the difference is. Um, it's quite a bit more intense for the the video games, because a lot of times, especially with Dragon Ball Z, there's a lot of fight scenes. There's a lot of. Um, interactive punching you know uh exertions and which which thankfully came easy easy for me you know um i, I had brothers that picked on me constantly so it's always like <laughs> you know all the time anyways so it's like da, 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 you know, there's a lot of rapid fire um i tend to leave those sessions kind of sweating my throat usually is a little raspy um um and it's just it's just a, a little bit more intense um when i record for characters in the show we would just kind of go from line to line save all the heavy crazy insane screamings for the end of the session so if you blow your voice out you blow your voice out you can leave drink some water get some sleep be quiet for a while and start again um but i had already been traveling with a show band and we sang anything from 50s to the 90s we were singing rock and roll we were so I, my voice was um being constantly bashed and utilized anyway so to to my uh advantage thankfully when it came time to do a lot of that intense stuff whether it be the video games or the cell saga my voice was ready for it and i had to just be ready to sing at any at the drop of a hat you know from traveling and touring and um all of that stuff so it kind of went hand in hand and uh the fact that my voice did change over time was just kind of a natural succession to the work I had been doing. So my voice, you know, instead of up high up here, it's, you know, it's naturally a little lower. My natural speaking voice is lowered. When I laugh, sometimes you can hear Goku in there a little bit. So my friends are like, ah, Goku, that's Gohan laugh. That's Goku laugh. You know, <laughs> and, you, know you kind of hear it come out a little bit. So it's kind of <laughs> became part of my voice. And in fact, I was, it's funny. I was able to utilize that Goku Gohan childlike voice in a lot of radio commercials and uh, some, some of the people I'm in, involved with that, that do radio ads and commercials will have me come in and be the kids in the background. And then they layer it and, and I become like a group of kids. It's like, we don't have to necessarily hire kids to do it. They can just bring me in or whoever has the capability to do those character voices. So that's been a plus. And um, I also wrote, they're on my website, I believe, and links to, I, did, I wrote a song about Halloween and I got the musicians involved and we did a song about Halloween. And so I'm singing like Goku and Gohan. Uh, but singing in the in the character voice, which is kind of something I guess that's unique as well. I mean, some people can sing, some people can do the voice. My dream job would be like something like Jodie Benson, where she's the voice of Little Mermaid and she sang all of the songs. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of my dream job is to be able to sing and perform something like that. And that's where why I, I pursued possibly going into Broadway, because that's what you could do live and be on a stage, you're singing and you're voicing a character. So 
Yeah. So there's some stuff on my website that that if anyone's interested in hearing some novelty songs, wrote a Christmas song. Um, Dan helped me put together the video for that so that you have something to watch on YouTube while you're listening. So um, that's been fun to be able to kind of combine the singing and the voice acting into these creative, comedic novelty songs for children. Nice. Dragon Ball the Musical. Let's go. Oh, I there love it. Go. I love it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm ready for that audition. Let's do it. All right, Stephanie, we have one final question for you. We like to call it our silly question. Now, we used to change this up, and we used to ask uh, all forms of, of different questions when it got to the end. But in a recent interview a while back, we had somebody, when we asked them this question, and they thought it was a great question because nobody asks you this question when you're an adult anymore. And we thought, well, that's a shame. Uh, you should always get asked this question. And that question is, Stephanie Nadolny, what's your favorite dinosaur? My favorite dinosaur? Yeah. T-Rex. Poor guy. His little, he can't reach. Have you seen the, the little cartoon of the T-Rex? That's sitting on, the, head, little he's sitting on the toilet, y'all. And he's yeah. like, <laughs> and he goes to the restroom and he can't reach toilet paper. I hope he Poor has a good day. <laughs> the names are so, I think maybe it's because he's a, he looks like the misfit dinosaur. Because he just, he's like, eh. He's got those struggles. I've got this great big body and I'm strong and I can attack, but I got really short arms. I can relate, you know? All right. That's a fair answer. He's actually, uh, T-Rex is mine too, so. I love the T-Rex. He's kind of cute in a way. I love, I, uh, I've always loved the T-Rex, but uh, then I loved the fact that um, in the, the, uh, the Disney movie, Meet the Robinsons, uh, <laughs> yeah. trying to do everything. Got a big head, little arms. Anyway. Yeah. And the Makes one that can fly every time. is pretty cool. Who doesn't want to like... Pterodactyl. Yeah, that's where it flies. That's yeah. pretty cool. Your superpower, you ever get asked what your favorite superpower is? A lot of people say, I wish I could fly. Right, yeah. Or be invisible. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. So where can all the listeners find you online and learn more about your work? Okay, well, the... The, the obvious one that would be my website, which is Um, I try to keep my um, my calendar uh, updated, you know, kind of month by month uh, so that if anybody wants to come to one of the conventions or one of the comic book stores or they have something really cool they want me to sign, I try to put all of that there. Um, and I also have a Stephanie Nadalny voice actress page on Facebook. I do have an Instagram. It is Stephanie Nadalny. Um, and my TikTok page, which has really been fun over the past, um, well, I've been on TikTok over a year now, and that is just at Steph Nadalny. And so I put up as much as I can, at least once a week, maybe. Uh, I try to kind of collect videos when I'm out and about interacting with fans. And so that's really fun. A lot of those are silly and comedic. Um, so those are the main the main things. Um, and I hopefully will be adding my uh, music to some um, music platforms, Spotify, uh, CD Baby, I'm not sure, SoundCloud. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking into that right now. I'll try to get my album up there as well. And then I've got my YouTube videos, uh, Halloween Rocks and Kids Christmas. I'll be adding some more when time allows. Well, everybody Excellent. just check the description below and you guys can find those links right there. Thank you, Stephanie. All right, guys, we also want to remind you that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to help our show to continue to grow. 
and go check out Jason and the Three Geeks podcast as well. Give them a subscription. They are awesome, and we love working with them. And, of course, we want you to go check out Stephanie Nadolny, all of her works. You can go to her website, go check her out on YouTube, go check out her music. Stephanie is a multifaceted talent, and we've had an absolute blast with her here today. And we look forward to seeing her in Monroe, Michigan on September 15th and 16th at the Monroe Pop Fest. Come join us. You'll see Jason there, uh, and you'll see me there, and you'll see Stephanie there, and there's a whole slew of people. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. However, if you aren't happy with the content of our show today, please feel free to lodge a complaint with the head of our complaint department. That, of course, is Gohan himself. But not just any old form of Gohan will be handling your complaint. Your complaints, when submitted in duplicate, will be handled by Gohan's strongest power transformation, Gohan Beast. So know that your complaint will be taken care of, and the object of your complaint, the one or ones who drew drew your ire, are in trouble. Some would say danger, even. So when you write to complain that we included Jason from the Three Geeks podcast, just be gentle. Remember... He only recently learned how to count how many geeks there actually are in his show. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you very much, Stephanie. Jason, thank you so much for helping out today. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jason. I really appreciate it. Had a lot of fun. Glad this worked right. out. I'm looking forward to meeting everybody there at PopFest. Could be a lot of fun. All right, guys, that's going to wrap us up today for the FSF Podcast. And, of course, you know, three geeks as well. Goodbye. Bye. Copyright 2023 FSF Podcast. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by FSF Podcast. The views expressed by the guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at info at FSFpodcast.com. Original music by Jordan Michaels.